Welcome to the Tiger Mike Sports Show Podcast, where sports is life. Here are your hosts, Tiger Mike Ingram and J.R. Duran. Welcome to the Tiger Mike Sports Show podcast. This is Tiger Mike Ingram. We're recording in Miami, and along with me is my co-host, J.R. Duran. J.R., how you doing? You know, I'm doing well, Tiger Mike, when I'm just like five hours up the coast from you. So, I mean, it feels good to be in the same state. I know, it's crazy that we're in the same state, and, you know, because normally I record in Phoenix, you're out in Jacksonville now we're not too far away too bad we couldn't be in person it would have been a lot more fun recording in person yeah yeah I suppose so now let me ask you this how many times have people that you know said bienvenido amiami when you tell them you're in Miami be oh, honest oh it happens all the time when I told bunch it's- of people it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 part of the it's the the the, the hashtag saying I guess you can say because it's all what what was what was it like almost yeah eighteen years ago nineteen years ago when Will Smith did the, his song Bienvenidos a Miami. Yeah, I mean, I, it's amazing that that one insignificant phrase has lived on to the point that you can't even go to Miami without your friends assaulting you with this 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 phrase in Spanish from like twenty years ago. It's it's incredible, man. It's like when you go to a wedding and everybody says you look sharp. Nobody says that oh, anywhere no. else at any other time <laughs> in life, except at a wedding. You look sharp. Hey, looking sharp today. You know, it's, it's it's the same thing. It's kind of funny, man. It is, and then, then they sound gringo and they butcher. They go, "Bienvenidos a Miami." <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, you and I grew up in California, so I'm assuming you took Spanish in high school. Am I correct? Uh niet, niet. Oh, niet. Oh, Russian. Privet. I spoke, I I would I learned Russian well. Oh really? Oh wow. Yeah. I studied in school nice. three years, man. And but hey, you know, like uh in college uh I took Spanish and then me and the wife were living in Barcelona, so we were going to language school. Mm-hmm. So, so you had to learn, yeah. You had to learn Espanol. Si Espanol and el estilo el, el estilo de, de España. De España, you know? yeah. And el español yeah. is different de Estados Unidos. See, there's some words in there that you could really mix up and really get yourself in trouble with. I bet. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they use, vos, they use vosotros, right? Instead of nosotros. See. Si. They use both. Okay. Yeah. They. Yeah. So I. I mean, I. I'm so used to speaking like Spanish, like they. They do that. Uh-huh. I. I can't in my brain. I don't even know how to to do like Latin America style Spanish or just anything like in 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 the Caribbean West, uh-huh. like West. West. So. Okay. Have you tried talking to Oso? Uh, to our listeners, Oso is a fraternity brother. That's his fraternity name. Uh, he, he's he's Mexican. He speaks Spanish. So yeah, so that's Oso. So have you tried talking Spanish to Oso? I have, bro. But as they say, me da vergüenza. You know, like it, it, <laughs> I, I get embarrassed, man. So uh-huh. there was a couple of times where we skype when we were when I was living in Spain, and uh, I talked to him a little bit in Spanish, but it's like if if you're a rookie in the NFL and then you're on the same team as like a vet. Uh-huh. You know, you get like, especially if like they're a DB and you're a wide receiver, 
it's it's a little embarrassing to try and go up against them because you know they're just going to take you to school. Yeah, they're just yeah. They, you're the rookie. You're the youngin. You're the hoven. <laughs> you you have to you have to you have to have the confidence to to be able to do it. That's the key, and I guess that's a, the key for for any sport too, man. Like it is, yeah. it's 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 like my one of my coaches told me like it. If you don't believe that you're the best player in this gym, then you don't have any any business being here. So yeah, that's true. It's all about yeah. practice. Practice yeah. doesn't always make perfect, but practice makes you better. Practice? Yeah. Practice? We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> but that's the funny thing. Like you know, we we all have this ideal. Like oh, it's practice, practice, practice. That's where that's where championships are won. Mm-hmm. But bro. There's all kinds of NFL players that are sitting out during the week. Oh yeah. And they show up on Friday. They don't practice, but because it's not Allen Iverson, you know, there's no stigma. Like, oh, oh, it was Calvin Johnson used to do that a lot, man. Yeah, well, he, but he was also old and injured too. But yeah, they may, they mainly just wait for walkthroughs. Yeah, and then they don't practice to save their bodies during the week, especially a lot of the veterans. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the Tiger Mike Sports Show podcast, everyone. Uh, today we got some interesting topics to talk about today. The trending sports stories of the week. So we'll give you a rundown of what we're going to talk about if we have time, so if we can get to the mall. We're going to start off with Ezekiel Elliott's bar incident, Michael Vick's comment on Colin Kaepernick's hair, Matt Ryan's comments about Kyle Shanahan's play calling during the Super Bowl, Kyrie Irving seeks trade from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now it looks like there might be a little divorce there. And Jordan Spieth's British Open win in epic fashion. Then we have special guests joining us at the end of the show. Our fellow Filipino friend, Zach, he's going to give us his funny faux pas sports stories of the week. But since Filipinos don't have the letter F in their alphabet, he'll pronounce it punny. Po- uh, sorry, I'm going to sound gringo again. Uh, it's punny faux pas sports stories of the week. So he'll, he'll, he'll inform us on his funny faux pas sports stories of the week. So let's get started. Let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott's bar incident. Ezekiel Elliott allegedly was involved in a late-night altercation at a Dallas bar Sunday night, July 16th. According to the Dallas Police Department, officers were dispatched to the bar around 9.40 p.m. A 30-year-old man said he was physically assaulted but could not identify who assaulted him. Hmm, I don't know about that. The man was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The assault uh, investigation has been suspended due to the lack of a complaint. Dallas detectives made several attempts to contact the victim through various ways, but at this time have not been able to make contact. To date, no witnesses have come forward to provide any additional information about this incident. No arrests have been made. Jerry Jones said that he has talked to Zeke. Jerry said at a press conference, I actually don't know the status, but later on he said he, he didn't think it was there was anything to it, but he didn't want to surely speculate on anything from the league or any potential injury or lack of having player available. Jones said availability is key and ability is key, but availability is a key. And we really do plan personnel wise. We plan for a player not being available. That's just part of the DNA. Hmm. So what do you think about that, JR? Well, look, we all know that Ezekiel Elliott is an elusive running back, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So, So, it doesn't surprise me that somehow he's been able to elude any of these charges and all of these charges. And I look, he could be getting lucky whiteheaded right now, you yeah. know? Yeah, he's just like, a place for a <laughs> falsely accused. 
I mean, it's one thing. And look, it's really not like think about it. If it's like three in the morning and there's a bar fight and nobody knows what's going on, people can't remember. That's one thing. You shouldn't be at a bar at three in the morning. It's just bad things happen. But this was like nine forty in the in the evening. That's like breakfast time for people to go to the bar. Like usually, bad stuff doesn't happen that early in the night. And I, I mean, who knows? It's like you said last week, man. You talking about the fact that like you're you really you're innocent until proven guilty. He wasn't arrested, so I mean, in a situation like this, I am more inclined to believe that Zeke didn't do it. And uh, but who knows, man? The guy's been able to slip out of the grasp of many, many people over the past year and even into his college days. So he could be at it again. The guy's shifty. Yeah, he he could be. It seems like trouble follows this guy. Because even even with the the assault case of his uh, quote unquote ex girlfriend, like I said, evidence was released of text messages among the women that were in the car and one of her friends, who said his ex told her to lie to the police, and the victim listed her occupation as a quote unquote sex slave in one report. So like I said, even even the prosecutor, the Columbus City District Attorney, didn't press charges due to conflicting and inconsistent information across all incidents resulting in concern regarding the sufficiency of the evidence to support filing of criminal charges. So the evidence points to, well, well, like I said, but still, trouble falls this guy. He's had a bunch of incidents the last year. So it's it, it, now it's hard to say. Before I was, you know, he wasn't charged, but trouble's following the guy. It'll be interesting to see if the NFL now is going to suspend him with all these accusations. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, you know, last week I took a pretty hard stance against him. I said the chances are that there, there was a good chance that he did um, physically harm his girlfriend, but there's still the possibility that he didn't. I'm not going to put my money on that possibility. I would, I would rather err on the side of caution because we all know that foot, NFL players don't really have their careers ruined by these kind of things. They just motor along, make millions of dollars, and they're done. There's a, but there's a chance that he there's a chance that he's completely innocent. But here's the thing, man. It's just a common sense issue. If trouble follows a guy, then there's probably a reason why it's following him. And I mean, I'm, is he the new Adam Jones? Probably not. But look, the here's the interesting thing. He's the golden boy. He's the guy that was sitting in a Salvation Army like you know huge cauldron, and and he's the guy that pretty much brought like new life and fun and excitement back to the Cowboys, man, and, and and back to football in general. And there's a lot riding on this for the Cowboys. And, I mean, you're even talking about two guys who could be the NFL after um, Brady retires and after AP retires, Marshawn Lynch is finally done. They're going to need new stars, and these guys are ready for it. So, yeah, I've seen a, I've seen enough fictional Hollywood movies to know that people have vested interest in, in these guys doing well and, and will do whatever it takes to make sure that their reputations remain relatively unstained. Yes, well, speaking of reputations unstained, uh, listening to Jerry's you know, comment, availability is key, ability is key, but it seems like they need to have extra personnel to back up, so that sounds kind of you know, shady. Remember, I don't know if you remember back in the 90s, there was a, there was a book out there I'm trying to remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of it. But essentially, it chronicled 
all the former uh, Dallas Cowboys players in the '90s when they were in, the, you know, winning the Super Bowl, they would go all these places, and everything was was covered up. And well, even the, even this last se- this off season, they have a number of off field problems. You know, defensive end David Irving was suspended for the first four games of 2017 for violating the NFL's policy on performance enhancing drugs. Cornerback Nolan Carroll was arrested in late May for suspicion of driving under the influence after a party in an upscale part of Dallas. Linebacker Damian Wilson was charged with two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon on July 4th. You know, what, what gives? I'm assuming Jerry Jones is planning for this because he says he wants to have people just in case this happens. And, you know, I'm not going to go on the record and say he, he, con- he allows, he condones this, but there, there's something going on there where I think they don't do enough discipline in Dallas. They let these guys do what they want, depending on who's the star is. Like, it's, it's crazy. Well, yeah, and, you know, you bring up a good point. Like, players are taking advantage of an owner who has consistently shown the NFL that he's willing to give players a second chance. So you got, like, the Greg Hardys of the world. You even have Des Bryant, who started his career, like, with some question marks. And here's the thing. Like, a normal person who just makes a normal wage I, I think would have an easier time accepting grace because they know they don't have a lot else. You know, if their employer fires them because of an off-the-field issue, they are in huge trouble. In the NFL, if your employer fires you, you just get another team, man. You, you keep making millions. And so I think in an environment like that, players know Jerry Jones is going to give them a second chance. So why not take advantage of the long leash and go and have your fun? Yeah, as long as you're a good enough player, yeah, some team will pick you up unless you're Ray Rice or have, you know, physical evidence that shows otherwise. But, yeah, that, that's the thing about the NFL, that as long as you're, you, you, you repent and ask for forgiveness at a press conference, then, you know, they'll take you back. Yeah, that's true. It's true, man. The confession box is always full, yeah. but there are very few Mother Teresas out there. Yep, there are very few. But there's, there's a few out there, but we don't have time to name them all, but, yeah. There, there, there are a few out there. All right, sticking to football, NFL news. Let's move on to Michael Vick's comments on Colin Kaepernick's hair. On Monday, July 17th, Vick said on Fox Sports 1, Kaepernick should embrace a clean-cut style and look more presentable if he wants to play in the NFL next year, getting rid of his afro. The next day, Vick apologized and said, at the end of the day, what I said, I should have never said it. I think it was taken out of context in regards to what I was trying to convey but I only want to help Kaepernick. Vic said Thursday on the Dan Patrick show, I'm not a general manager. I'm not the guy who makes the decisions on getting him signed, and I'm truly sorry for what I said. I think I should have used a better choice of words. Obviously, his afro has nothing to do with him being signed, and I wasn't trying to relay that message, he added. It was more so about helping him at the end of the day. In all my interviews, all I have ever tried to do is help him and talk positive. It seems like Michael Vick is now is backtracking. Like, whoa, there! How can you take those out of context? It, 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 that's simple enough. Well, let me ask you this, man. I mean, when when you heard those initial comments, what did you think? I was like, this guy's crazy. Did did he forget that he was accused and charged for dogfighting and went to prison? Cap hasn't even been accused, charged, or even committed a crime. So. Uh, I don't know if what Vic had something special to drink that day or didn't get enough sleep, but to, but, but to, to me th- those those comments are just crazy. Even, even though even though I don't agree, like I said, we talked about this last week. 
I, I, I think Cap he has obviously is able to do that. He has the right to do to do that, but I don't think he should do it on the field. He has the right to do it off the field, away from work. And I disagree with him doing that, but he has every right to to do that. Still, Vic is crazy for saying that. Just because he's wearing, you know, has his hair in a fro, is wearing braids. That's why NFL teams are not signing him. That's just that's just ludicrous. <laughs> Speaking of braids. <laughs> Speaking of cornrows. Yeah. Cornrows. Okay. Well, I think I think what this brings up is the fact that the way that you present yourself physically in your appearance is a way to get favor with people. So, I mean, uh, let's be honest, like it, it's it's if you we have our prejudices and if you're walking down the street and some big white dude comes down the street on in a dark alley with a bunch of tattoos on his arms, you're automatically going to be afraid. If uh, the, in the same alley, a guy in a, in Armani business suit goes walking by you, you're not afraid. So we have like this kind of, you know, we, 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 for, for some reason we classify people a certain way and then we allow our emotions to be dictated by those classifications and those prejudices. And I feel like Vic is saying that because he said, look, these owners don't like you. They don't like what you did. They don't like that you're standing up for black Americans being oppressed by the police. They don't like that, the fact that you're speaking out against police violence. And they are not going to accept you because they're not accepting you because you don't have a team. And so changing your appearance is one way to show people, quote unquote, that maybe you have a little repentance. Maybe you're willing to play by their rules. Maybe you're willing to bend your public perception a little bit just to make people happy. And, I mean, come on, man. I, I, Michael Vick probably had to do that to get back into the league. Well, he, 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 well, he did, but would well, – well, okay, I'll ask you this. If, if Colin Kaepernick tomorrow changed his hair into a normal haircut, do you think teams will be knocking on his door to sign him? If he changes his image, because he, he hasn't come out in, in, the, in the media or ta- had an interview or talked to anyone that I've found that says he wants to play – he still wants to play. He doesn't want to be a social justice warrior anymore. He still wants to do it, but his main focus is on football. If if he came out tomorrow and had a clean cut, a good looking, you know, image, clean cut image, and said all these things, do you think a team would sign him right then and there? I think that these prejudicial owners would take that as a sign of submission. Think so. And it's I think it's ugly. I think it's disgusting that that they would even think like that because Colin Kaepernick is clean cut. He has big hair, but he's clean cut. You know, like it's it's not like he's 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 some kind of like wildly inappropriately dressed dude with like crazy hair. He's just a normal dude with a big afro. He's he's totally clean cut. But our perception or well, I, I won't say our, but there there is a perception that having a giant afro is not clean cut, that it's not professional. But that's total crap. <laughs> like, oh, I agree. It's, it's completely, it's completely trend-based. I mean, it, you know, like, yeah, he's got a huge afro now. Dude, back in the 70s, Mercury Morris running back for the Dolphins, the guy had a huge fro. Like, it's, it's, really, and it's, it's really just a matter of trends and style, but it, it all points back to the fact that I believe there are owners out there who hold a grudge against him and see him as less of a person because he had 
the cojones to, to, to make a statement about something that he felt was very wrong with our culture. And I tend to agree with him. Not a statement about how hard or how easy it is to be a police officer, but I think that black Americans are at a serious disadvantage because the way that the societal systems are set up, they, those systems are, are aggressive and oppressive towards black Americans. And come, I, I love what he did, man. And I love what he continues to do. I love that he's, he's comfortable with himself and he's being himself and that he's not letting these owners force him to be someone he's not. And I feel like changing his appearance would be a submission move that he doesn't need to make and that he should just totally dismiss and continue being himself, man, because who he is is awesome. Who he is is a role model. Who he is is somebody that I think we need in professional sports who's willing to stand up and make a statement about something that's very controversial, not because he just wants to stir the pot, but because he feels acutely affected by what's happening. Mm-hmm. He wants change. Well, he even, res- yeah. he even responded to Vic in, uh, on Instagram and by posting the definition of Stockholm Syndrome. Do you think Michael Vick has Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, because here's the thing, man. Colin Kaepernick, you could easily say, has the support of about 50% of people in the United States because he's making a statement that most of us see as political. I see it as social and political, and I think everybody should support it. But that's just me. But Michael Vick did something that pretty much everybody agrees was wrong. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> he, he, had a, he had people from both sides of, of the political aisle and just society in general being like, dude, you're a total jerk. How could you do that to dogs? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really tough when you have to be somebody you're not in order to make your bosses happy and make people happy just so you can earn a wage. That sucks, man. Yeah. But that's that's the America that we live in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Stockholm Syndrome? I don't know. But I think that the guy had to make sacrifices in order to win people's favor. He did. In order to get back in the league. But what about the, what about the other NFL players in the league that have afros and corn rolls? Obviously, they're on teams, but it goes both ways. Those players are on teams, but Kaepernick is not. That's true, but those players also haven't taken what will go down as one of the greatest social stands and social statements in the history of the NFL. So, yeah, well, so, some of those players actually have, well, not as big as Kaepernick, but they still kneel during the national anthem or they link arms or their their forms of protest. But we'll be, it'll be interesting to see how many players still do that this coming coming season because training camps, some training camps started last weekend, some training camps are starting this week. So it'll be interesting to see how, how many players also participate in, in Kaepernick's uh, protest this season. That's the beautiful thing about what Kaepernick did. Is he, yeah, you know, he's the one who is taking all the heat, but he, he has made it possible for other players to express themselves and not face the same backlash. And that's, I mean, that's a beautiful thing, man. Like he, he, has, he has made a change in the NFL to where players can make statements and they're not going to be completely crucified like Kaepernick. So, yeah. Okay, but this this is highly controversial stuff. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on uh, since we're running out of time. Let's move on to Matt Ryan's comments about his former offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, the play calling during the Super Bowl, last Super Bowl. On Pete Prisco of CBS Sports, Ryan is blaming 
his former offensive coordinator and current San Francisco 49ers head coach, Kyle Shanahan, for the Falcons' fourth quarter collapse. Ryan said Kyle, Kyle's play calls, he would have to take his time to get stuff in. As I was getting it, you're looking at the clock and you're talking 16 seconds before it gets or it cuts out because I guess the, the mic or the, the signal cuts out. So they obviously they don't like talk to you, talk to their quarterbacks in their ear during the play. You don't have to, you don't have a lot of time to say, oh, there's 16 seconds. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Hey guys, we're going to line up and run this. You're talking about breaking the huddle at seven seconds. If you do something along the lines with the way Kyle's system was set up, he took more time to call plays and we shift and motion a lot more than we did with former coordinator Dirk Cutter, who is now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach. You could get out of that stuff like that. We talk about being the most aggressive team in football, and I'm all for it, but there's also winning time. You're not being aggressive, not running it there. So it's interesting that Matt Ryan has thrown his former offense coordinator and now new 49ers head coach under the bus. Well, yeah, and I think we all saw that game. I mean, I, I thought that Julio Jones grab like near the end of the game that was going to be one of the the great catches in super bowl history i mean i i just thought like this is it and the the stars have come out to play julio jones has basically locked down this game they got one of the best kickers in the league this game's over um so i i I mean what when you when you saw what happened i mean what did you think man and and now that now that ryan is throwing shanahan under the bus do you think he he's allowed to I think he is because he's no longer on the team. But but before I, I get to my opinion, let me give you some statistics of some of Matt Ryan's comments. Uh, Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area went back to the tape and actually went to see if uh, Matt Ryan was actually right. So the plays that were criticized are the first one with 831 remaining in regulation and the Falcons were holding a 28-12 to lead. Dante Hightower sacked Ryan and forced that fumble. Remember when Devontae Freeman missed his block? Then Hightower had that straight beeline, you know, rolled to hit Ryan. Actually, Ryan was wrong on this play when Mayoko watched the replay. The Falcons broke the huddle with more than 25 seconds remaining on the play clock, and the snap occurred with 15 seconds to spare. The other questionable sequence of play calls came after the Falcons leading by eight points. When they got to the New England 22-yard line, less than five minutes to play. The Falcons lost a yard on a run play on first down. Then the next play is on second down. Ryan was sacked for the 12-yard loss. Before that play, the Falcons broke the huddle with 19 seconds left on the play clock. The snap occurred with four seconds remaining. The game clock was running, so Atlanta needed to burn as much clock as possible. Then in the fourth quarter, the Falcons never seemed to you know, in a rush to get a pl- off a play. The closest they came to a delay of game was when they snapped the ball with four seconds left on the one play with and three seconds on another another play. The majority of their snaps occurred with 10 seconds or more to spare. The, you know, the Falcons could have wasted more time. After New England pulled within 28 to nine late in the third quarter, the Falcons ran only six offensive plays while the game clock was running. Of those six plays, if they would have snapped the ball with one second remaining each time, they could have shortened the game by one minute and seven seconds. The Patriots scored the game tying touchdown with 57 seconds remaining. So there's a little background, some statistics on Matt Ryan's comments. So what what do you think about that? 
It sounds like Matt Ryan is not telling the truth. Yes, he isn't. <laughs> he's being a dirty bird, dude. He's he being is. a dirty but but here's the thing. I don't care. I don't care if he's telling the truth or he's lying. I don't care if he's 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 just coming up with stuff. Shanahan, I think we can all agree, lost the game for them. Yeah, well, I don't know if we can blame put the whole blame on Shanahan because I, I I would actually uh, I would actually yeah Shanahan is part of the blame, but actually I would put all majority of the blame and actually head coach Dan Quinn because he's the head coach. He has to know game management. He has to know when to run the clock or when to let the clock run. And he should be able to veto Shanahan's play calls and say, no, run the ball. But ultimately, part most of it's on him because he's the head coach. Yeah, Shanahan is part of blame because he should have said, oh, well, we're, we're ahead. We need, you know, run the clock to, to get, you know, just so we can kneel and win the game. But they both, both coaches must have agreed to still keep the foot, you know, foot on the throttle and be aggressive. But it's, it's I would say it's mainly Coach Dan Quinn's fault because he's the head coach. You got to make that executive decision. Hey, Kyle. Do not do a pass play. We're running the ball. Let's let's kill the clock. Let's or not kill the clock. That's when you when you spike it. But let's let's let the clock run so we can and hike the ball with you know two seconds left on the play clock. Well, yeah, and you know I w- I would say that the blame falls on both of their shoulders because think about this, right? Think about the 2016 Super Bowl. It came down to a pass play, and. Pete Carroll caught a lot of the flack for that pass play. So, I mean, first rule, if you're winning the Super Bowl against the Patriots, right, mm-hmm. don't throw the ball when you can run it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was, that was t- sorry, that was two years ago. Yeah, that, two years that, ago I think yeah. I, that happened when I was in Spain, man, so I have like a little bit of a memory gap. Mm-hmm. Um, but that should be the rule, man. Don't throw when you have your foot on the Patriots' neck. Yeah. Just run the ball and 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 kick a field goal and put the game out of reach. So, uh, yeah, I would agree with you, man. It, it falls on the coaching staff because that game was locked up. You have a bruising running back with Devontae Freeman. I mean, do you have an amazing offense? Yeah, but I think that we've seen in the past that it's not the amazing offense that ends up winning a game. It's the grit. It's the determination. Uh, and it, it's a, a defensive stop, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a shame. I wanted the the Falcons to win. I didn't want to see the Patriots win. Yeah, if it, they 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 could have just ran the ball, even even if they lost yardage, they could have kicked a field goal. Game over. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and Bryant is most likely going to hit that field goal. So, sorry, Atlanta. Lo siento, Atlanta. Lo siento. Rise up next season, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now moving on to the NBA. Kyrie Irving seeks trade from. The Cleveland Cavaliers. So here's the scoop on that. Kyrie Irving wants to get away from LeBron James and wants to play in a situation where he can be more of a focal point of a team. You know, the number one player, the go-to guy. Kyrie is a four-time All-Star, has averaged 21.6 points a game and 5.6 assists for his career. Last season, he averaged a career high, 25.2 points plus 5.8 assists per game while shooting 40.1% on the trifecta, on the three-pointers. Irving has not excelled, though, when playing without James. Last season, the Cavs were outscored by 90 points in 574 minutes when Irving played and LeBron didn't. In the playoffs, they were outscored by 30 points in 61 minutes. In the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors, the Cavs were outscored 37-13 to when Irving was on the court and LeBron was off. You know, it's like... When Kobe wanted to be the man in L.A. and not be under Shaq's shadow, 
Do you think this is going to be an ugly divorce? I think that we, the media, mm -hmm. will make it an ugly divorce because it's a it's a great story. You've got the you've got the legend, and then you got the guy playing next to him who's actually pretty good. And let's just not forget that it was Kyrie Irving who won the bull or the the Cavs the championship in the last five minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah LeBron had the chase down block, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But that three was a low percentage shot and he nailed it. So that guy needs to get a little more credit. But um, you know, I I know that LeBron is the king, man. And if you want to be a king, you can't have two kings in one castle. That's what my dad used to say. No, he, <laughs> he didn't say he never said that, but it's right. I don't know. I mean, you've you you know you. Let, I want to hear what you think, man, because I I think you have a good read on on LeBron's influence and how good Kyrie is, and is 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 it going to be like Russell Westbrook, James Harden, where Harden can be a scorer without Westbrook, like, or is he gonna is he gonna just crap out on his new team? That's that's a possibility. Well, the point I want to bring up first is actually I would blame a lot of this on LeBron LeBron's fault, but before. Everyone gets mad at me for blaming LeBron, but hear my, hear my point. I'm, I'm not talking about LeBron, his personality, or his play, but it, it's uh, LeBron is the pioneer of the modern free agency in the NBA with signing short-term contracts. So now he's giving the players all the power to be the stars in control of their futures. This is the problem with the NBA, as we've seen with the superstar teams and big salary cap. So this is probably partly why Kyrie wants to leave is because he wants to be the man. And if he goes to another team, he can be the star player. He can, you know, sign those two-year contracts and, you know, get all the money up front and then keep – essentially hold that franchise hostage like LeBron has with the Heat, with Cleveland. He's probably – LeBron's probably going to be gone. Uh, he's going to leave Cleveland after this season. So part of this is LeBron's fault. He, he's entitling players to do these type of things. But to get back to your point, you, know, you can comment on this after – I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to be a superstar. He's going to be like a, a Russell Westbrook where he can dominate. He'll score. He's a clutch player, but I don't think he can carry a full team on his back. He needs help, as we as as we heard earlier about the stats. He didn't do too well without LeBron on the floor. I would argue that Kyrie is like a Robin to a Batman. He might be a little bit better. He could be a star player, but I would say he's more – he can be a number one player, but he'll need, either need a lot of help or he'll need uh, he'll need he'll need to join like the San Antonio Spurs and have like Kawhi Leonard, Pau Gasol, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, players a team like that where he can be the distributor but also be the scorer, you know, when need be. I would compare him to actually the better man's version of Chris Paul. Chris Paul hasn't won in the playoffs. He's a scorer, he's a great point guard, but he needs players to help him out cuz he he can never get past what was it the second round, I think. The Clippers can never get out of the second round in the NBA playoffs, so I think, I think Kyrie's making a mistake because he can go to the he could go to the finals next year with LeBron because the East is still weak, and then he could stay in Cleveland when LeBron leaves and he can be the man in Cleveland where he was, you know, the team that drafted him. So, you know, I think he's making a mistake leaving, but yeah, I don't think he'll be that superstar that he thinks he's going to be. He could get more money, but he's not going to be that superstar that be that focal point of an offense. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm I'm not an NBA expert, but I really liked what I saw from him in this year's finals. I think that he's a finisher. I think that he's aggressive. I think that he has a chip on his shoulder, to use the overused phrase. 
I don't know, actually. I don't know how good he's going to do. But from what I saw, it looks like he's got the confidence. And it's look like look like he has the ability um, to be an amazing scorer if, like you said, he ends up in, in the right place. Um, but, I mean, who knows, man? He yeah. could be... He could be a James Harden man. I mean, he he could be a huge scorer and not win any championships, or or like a Chris Paul. I mean, I think I think Harden's a little a little more of a scorer, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, but here, let's be honest, man. Like, eventually, the understudy has to go out on his own and do his little you know journey and find his own self and 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 bring a team around him and. Yeah, the right of passage. I, yeah, you, you got to do. Every, yeah. every player's got to do the right of passage. Jordan did that. You know, Magic did that. So Kobe did that without Shaq. Yeah. So I'd be good, man, because I think it's something that we would all do. I think we would all make the decision, especially if we knew that LeBron was going to be out of there soon. Because after that, who knows? It's going to be like a total dumpster fire there, and it's going to be another fifty years of mediocrity. I mean, who who knows what's going to happen to the Cavs after that? Yeah, they might they, they might be the first pick for the next. Three or four years, because after LeBron left, they were they were that lottery team. You know, the three three or four years out when he was gone, when he was playing for the Heat. So that that's a possibility. I don't know if Kyrie wants to be a part of that, being the best player on the on the lottery team. Yeah, I mean nobody really does. It's like yeah, I was the best player on the worst team. It's like when when I was in college and on the volleyball team in state, our coach told us, look, all the other teams are playing against are have all Americans. And our team is full of all neighborhoods. So <laughs> if you guys want to win, you're going to have to work harder than everyone else. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? Spoiler alert. We worked harder, but we didn't win. So if you're the best player on that team, it doesn't. it's not memorable. I mean, this is a whole other discussion, but I feel like in the NBA, championships have just become a commodity that yeah. you can buy and sell. Hmm. And that's disappointing, man. Yeah. So It's almost like baseball where... You have all this money in your, like I said, the salary cap. That's the problem. Is the salary cap issue now? You can sign two supermax players and get other players that would be willing to take money to win a championship. Like in the past, you had you can only afford one superstar and build your team around a draft and around free agents. So that's the thing. Is it, it's it's just the you're right. The the NBA championship is just a commodity. Who whoever can spend the most money and have the most superstars, you know, can win the title. And I think that hurts the game. But yeah, we can talk about that. Obviously, uh, we could probably talk a whole podcast episode on that topic. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go to golf. Let's talk about PGA. Uh, how about Jordan Spieth winning the British Open in epic fashion? Did, did you get a chance to watch the the final round? I didn't. I was uh, I was out with the wife and the kid, and I was watching on my phone, hoping that Kuchar would win, but. Look, oh, first really? of all, I, you want a Kuchar to win, really? <laughs> yeah, I I love me some golf, man. Thursday and Friday because I work at home, so I can I can have like the 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 tournament streaming on my phone while I'm working. And and first of all, the open announcers are the best. The British guys are or the English guys are just they're incredible. They're dry. Mm-hmm, they're sarcastic. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and I guess. I guess I've always seen Jordan Spieth as sort of more of a serious guy, clean cut, doesn't get into trouble. And I don't I don't like my champions to be like that necessarily, especially in golf because golf is already a boring sport for most people. But what what clinched it for me is earlier this year when he holed out from the bunker and he just threw his club, like just chucked it across the bunker and just lost it and went 
ape crazy over the shot. I was like, okay, so so this guy, he, he's got some fire. And he's got some game, man, because he, he right now is on track to be one of the best. But here's the thing, man. 23 years old? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think Jack Nicholas won, what was it? Um, let's see, I think it was 16 or 18 majors. Mm-hmm. 18. Speed has 15 more to go. So I'd, I, at this point, he only Jack Nicholas has won three majors faster than Jordan Spieth. But to win 18 majors, man, is crazy. And, and I don't think we need to be making any comparisons anytime soon. Because, not, not yet. Yeah, he's still young. He's, yeah. not, he's not even the next quote-unquote Tiger Woods, but... But he, I don't, I don't see it as an epic win. I mean, he boned out on the front nine. He, he, t- he ended up one behind Kuchar. Kuchar played, uh, I think, one under for the round. Mm-hmm. And, and Spieth, birdie, eagle, birdie. Yeah, it was clutch because it was the, the final day. And it was the back nine. But, but they were 50-foot putts, though. They were 50-foot putts, 30-foot Yeah. Putts. Okay. They, those, those are, come on, those are hard putts. It, whether they, whether he got birdie or eagle, he, he what was it on fifteen? He made that fifty foot putt, and uh, for, yeah. for birdie. Then on sixteen, he made that thirteen foot putt for birdie. Those that's pretty tough on those the, on those greens. Yeah, guys were having a hard time reading those greens, and the speed was changing constantly because the weather was changing. But to, I mean, for people to call it a great comeback, the guy was down one shot. I mean, come on, is it a great comeback in the context of last year's Masters where he totally disappeared? down like on the final day i mean i guess but he started the day three ahead of kuchar he finished the day three ahead of kuchar he was behind for one hole i don't see it as epic i just see it as a really good young player who if he can keep this up for the next 15 years could be the greatest of all time but golf is the sport where people are waiting to crown someone and they just put it on whoever's head shows up at, at the next major. You know what I mean? It's, it's, man, it, it annoys me a little bit, but no disrespect to Spieth. The guy's an amazing golfer to, to hit those putts, like you said, down the stretch at the open. It's, it's incredible. And as much as I want a Kuchar to win to get his first major, mm-hmm. I think it's good for the sport because kids like Spieth. They do. Well, that, that's what the drama was. He, he bogeyed the first four or four of the first nine holes then just got pars on 10 through 12. It wasn't until the drama started on the 13th hole. Yeah, I was traveling that day. Actually, I was going to Nolens, but yeah, I was watching the airport, but then I got on the plane, so I missed the rest of the final round. But once I saw highlights, you, you know when he shanked that shot off the drive? He hit it right next to like a TV truck, a flagpole, then, they, then he got the bystanders on the side. Then there was that little hill like right in the middle in front of him, and that was a blind shot. And just to, yeah. for him to hit it, and get it on the fringe, like near a couple bunkers, then, then even just getting a bogey, you know, shooting in five, he could have shot in six or worse. You know, that, that, yeah. That, that, that brought the drama. Yeah, and, you know, that's a good point. I mean, it seems like in order to win a, a close tournament, you have to come up with a miracle shot. Like you saw Bubba Watson do it from the Pines draw at Augusta, mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson too. Yeah. You know, the greats always have a signature shot that is completely creative, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. One for the ages, yep. That's the defining yeah. moment in the tournament. Yeah, it's like Dwayne Wade, you know, reaching into the bag of tricks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, Spieth, is, Spieth doesn't have too many in his bag because he hasn't been around that long, but he, he has enough to where he can pull off an amazing shot like that. And, yeah. you know, you're right. I mean, he that's the shot that started it. Mm-hmm. 
could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, just mentally, man, I don't, I don't know how you, how you keep it together. Yeah. Cause, cause he probably, I think, I think I read it in, a, in an interview. He had that, you know, the, the, what was it la- last year at the, at Augusta at the, where he had, he had yeah. at the masters where he had that 12 shot, 12 shot debacle. I forget which, yeah. hole, which hole it was that had to be on the back of his mind. He's like, Oh no, here we go again. Deja vu. But he had the, the mental aspect, a strong mental aspect of the game. He pulled it off. And granted, remember, he's only 23 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. When I was 23, I was just hoping I could get like 15 kills in one round of Halo. You know, I was sweating that mofo out. And this guy's like <laughs> winning majors. You know, remember, remember we used to play Halo. Did you come up? Yeah, you came over. We played yeah. Halo at the house, at the AJO house. And yeah, it gets super heated. <laughs> we get all mad. <laughs> yeah, and now and now Jordan Spieth is yeah. is he's drinking winning. out of the claret jug. Yeah, you he's, know? he's winning <laughs> tournaments. He's winning the you know the British Open. He's one one victory away from pleading the career Grand Slam and the PGA Championships next month, and he'd be the youngest to win them all if he you know completes the Grand Slam. Yeah, that's a good point. So we'll. I mean, I like it because it's it's like the short term drama. Like it is a barrier that he can break. What I don't like is is crowning the guy so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens man but it'll be interesting to watch yeah all right coming up next let's see if we can get zach on the line to give us his funny faux pas sports stories think you know more about sports than these guys disagree with their opinions let us know and join the conversation hit us up on twitter at tiger mike sports also like our facebook page at tiger mike sports show and leave us your comments now back to more sports talk on the Tiger Mike Sports Show podcast. Come on, Zach. It's taking forever. Oh, hello. Can you hear me now? Tiger Mike, are you over there? Tiger Mike, can you hear me now? Tiger Mike. Hey, Zach, what's up? How's it going? It's going very good, very good. It's it's early in the morning here in the Philippines. Oh, really? Wow. JR, are you there? JR, are you are you present? Can you hear me? Yes, Zach. It's It's been a long time. I remember uh, when we met up uh, at the islands over there and we're pounding some San Miguel's and slurping down some balut. Balut? Oh, that stuff is gross. I can't believe you like the balut. Yeah, well, you know, I was just trying to be culturally sensitive. I didn't want you to be offended by my close-minded American culinary tendencies, my friend. <laughs> that is that is very good. That that was nice of you, because most, most Americans cannot eat the balut. Yeah, I can't eat either, Zach. That even though I'm I'm half Filipino, my mom my mom doesn't even eat anymore. Well, she should start eating it again because it is it is delicious. But for Americans, it is very gross. So are, are, are we on the radio? Are we live? Are we live on the radio? <laughs> no, Zach. We're, on, we're doing a podcast, so we're recording. Remember, we're, we're not live. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, do you want me to get started on my popa funny stories of the week? Sure, Zach. Go ahead. Okay. Here are my funny popa sports stories of the week. In NBA basketball news, Labar Ball pulled his AAU team off the court, got a technical foul. The Lakers don't have a mascot, so Labar will try out to be the Lakers' 
new mascot, and the Lakers will change their name to the Los Angeles Labars. Labar can get closer to the court and cheer for Lanzo all he wants with his horrible dancing. Hey, Zach, have you seen Lavar Lavar Ball dance? Yes, yes, I saw him on the YouTube. The He was dancing at one of the UCLA games. It was bad. It was very bad. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, next story. Uh, you told me that you were doing uh, the story on Kyrie Irving, that he wants to be traded from the Cavs because of LeBron James. I understand why Kyrie wants to be traded. The real reason Kyrie wants to be traded is because LeBron James is Calvo. Oh, wait. Whoa. For the listeners, for the listeners, Calvo means bald in Filipino. <laughs> it means bald. Yes. Yes, bald. LeBron is bald now. His hairline is very receded. Uncle Drew doesn't want to play with an old man and join the senior citizen team. Yes, baldness might make LeBron more, how do you say, aerodynamic. But LeBron looks like he's pippity. Zach, you mean 50? 50? Yes, pippity. Just to remind our listeners once again, Filipinos don't have the letter F in their alphabet, so they use the letter P. Yes, yes, I forgot. I cannot pronounce the ep, so I say ep. But that sounds like a P. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, it's okay, man. You know, Zach, remember remember, I was telling you about how I lived in Spain for a couple years? It's it's real hard to adapt to new language perfectly. So, I mean, perfectly. So it's... JR, very good. <laughs> very good. That is very funny. Yeah, Spanish must be very hard since you come from the United States. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it can be difficult, man. I know everyone says it's easy, but it's it's hard, and it's uh, what can I say, man? The Spaniards were in the Philippines for a while too. That's why you say calvo, you know, when when you talk about people being bald, because it's the same thing in in Spain. They use the same words. So I'm glad that we have this connection. Yes, yes, the the words are very similar to Espanol because they sound very similar. Yeah. So I mean, what's next, Zach? What's, what's, what do you got next for our faux pas? What next for the faux pas stories? I have, well, Draymond Green has now decided to join the UFC because Draymond was not happy that Conor McGregor was wearing a Golden State Warriors t-shirt. Draymond on Instagram said that we rocking with Floyd, bro, not you. Take that up, bra. What does that, what does bra mean? Women's undergarments? Did Draymond call Conor Women's undergarments? I no, Zach. Zach, bra is a word that is used for female undergarments, bra, bro, and other uh, variations. Actually, just refer to somebody who's your friend. It's a shortened way of saying brother, right? Yeah, 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 Zach. The it's it's short for brother, like bro, like you said earlier. It's not it's not a woman's undergarment because that that's spelled differently that's b-r-a uh, he spelled it b-r-u-h oh oh okay so I, did i mispronounce it i'm sorry i'm very sorry it's it's bruh okay okay i'm sorry but but draymond wants to join the ufc because he wants to fight conor mcgregor he doesn't want to just box him he wants to fight him mma style because he can kick conor in the uh, you say private parts that's the only way Draymond can beat him is by kicking him in the family jewels. <laughs> Zach, Zach, that's 
That's that's illegal in the MMA. It's okay, because Draymond kicks other basketball players in the crotch to defeat them. <laughs> Zach, whoa, 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 Zach, Zach. Draymond got suspended for doing that. Well, it'll make for a good fight. All right, moving on to my next story. Swimming news. Former 23-time Olympic gold medal champion swimmer Michael Pelps raised a shark on the Discovery Channel for Shark Week. Michael Pelps lost by two seconds. After the race, Michael Pelps signed on to star in the Sharknado sequel along with Joss' great-great-great-grandson, Joss DePorth. Wait, uh, Zach, you know that that shark was not a real shark, right? What? That was that that was that was a real shark. Zach, that was a fake computer animated shark. No, no, it can't be. I watched it. I promise you, I watched it. I watched it. It, it was real, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been living in a hole or staying off Twitter for like 24 hours, but the whole world is pretty much angry about the fact that it wasn't a real shark. I mean, I, I hate to, to break the news to you, man, but that's, it's, it, was, it was CGI. It wasn't real. Wow, that's crazy. Well, that, that made it very interesting. They, they got me. Technology is very good. They, they pulled me on that one. I thought it, it was very real, but wow, that was fake. Interesting. Okay, let's, let's move on to my last story. In baseball news, former NFL quarterback Tim Tebow, who let me remind you, was born in the Philippines, has been playing in the minor leagues. After being called up to single A advanced league, he's been hitting 317 with four home runs and cut his strikeout percentage to 19%. Sources have told me that Tebow will now be traded to the San Diego Padres, not their minor team, but the Padres Major League team. Padre translated to English means prior, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, more or less. I mean, it, it, it means friar, you know, like friar tuck from Robin Hood. And, and yeah, I mean, it's more or less, yeah. Yeah, Zach, so essentially it's a, a celibate, well, all Catholic priests are celibate, but a friar is... He's kind of like a monk, I think. They join like brotherhoods. They, they live in seclusion. So yeah, a friar is a, is a Catholic priest. Well, Tim Tebow is a very religious man. He had a prior haircut during his NFL training camp with the Denver Broncos, and he's still single. JR, did you see that, that, that haircut when he, was, when he was a rookie uh, at the Denver Broncos training camp? He looked like a prior, right? Yeah, he looked very much like a friar. It was almost sickening, and like I, there was something about the 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 nature of that haircut and the bald head with the hair that just made me want to go into a bathroom, shove my head into a toilet, and barf all my good sense out. <laughs> yeah, Zach, that that was that was pretty hideous when when those uh, those veterans. Uh, I, I guess it's not really hazing, right, Jr. I don't think it's hazing to you know give rookies haircuts they're not really doing anything to them but yeah that was a pretty awful ugly haircut yeah it, it was it yeah I, I don't let's just move on because i don't i i there's awful memories for me man okay tebow can help the san diego padres during the seventh inning stretch and rallies by tebowing and praying that the padres will have a better season next year okay this is zach Funny Popa Sports Stories. 
That's all I have this week. Hopefully, I'll talk to you guys next week. Sigana, Tiger Mike, and JR, I will talk to you next week. All right, Zach. Always a pleasure, man. Stay cool. Stay frosty over there in the Philippines, all right? All right, Zach. Thanks for joining us. We will hopefully talk to you next week. Take care. Sigana. All right, that was Zach. Thanks for joining the Tiger Mike Sports Show podcast. Zach from the Philippines for giving us his funny faux pas sports stories. So it's always a joy to talk to Zach in the Philippines. Yeah, a, a complete and utter joy. I mean, that guy, is he's one of a kind, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's hes definitely one of a kind. He has definitely interesting take on the, on the sports commentary, and especially in the Philippines because obviously they don't have American sports. But he definitely has an interesting look on sports and on life because he likes to he likes eating balut that's like the the form chicken embryo or duck i think it is oh that's just that sounds gross to me can't believe you tried it jr oh yeah you know me and zach had some wild nights there uh so you know are they nights i would like to forget not necessarily but uh, they're also not nights that I'm not going to talk about extensively. I, I like to keep those a secret, just between me and the Z-Man. Okay, so what happens in the Philippines stays in the Philippines. Okay. See. See. Yes. <laughs> so it'd be, yes. It'd be, yeah, I think, I think yes in Filipino, if I remember correctly, is wa. So, wa. Wa, yeah. All right. Well, you have anything exciting going on this coming week? Uh, this week in Jacksonville, Florida, JR is working, doing some interviews, writing some stories. And um, I'm finalizing some things for our fantasy football league. Nice. And I have plans to restore a tobacco pipe that I purchased a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. So you're restoring a tobacco pipe. When's uh, draft day for AGO fantasy football? Uh, I believe draft day is August 26th. It's, it's two weekends before uh, Labor Day. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah but I mean, and that, that was always fun. Yeah. Oh, and what's your week look like, man? When are you flying back to uh, to Godforsaken Phoenix, Arizona? <laughs> well, I'll be here in Miami all week at a convention, so I'll be hitting the beach, hitting all the good local Cuban food. Uh, I'll be flying back actually on Sunday, Sunday in the afternoon, so I won't get back to Phoenix till Sunday night. Yeah, Tiger Mike World Tour is coming to a close, huh? Going back home, it'll it'll be good to talk with you uh, once you're back in Phoenix, and I look forward to uh, another week of sports stories and. Uh, you know, guests and maybe maybe Zach. Who knows? That guy's you know in and out, but that's what makes him interesting. Yeah, that guy that guy's all over the place. So hopefully, hopefully uh, we can get him on and he can share his uh, unique insight into sports stories. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see you back next week. Yeah, and uh, thanks to our listeners, mm-hmm. Tiger Mike. Thank you and thank and, you, Jr. Uh, Take it away, good sir. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Tiger Mike Sports Show podcast. We'll see you next week. Have a good week, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Tiger Mike Sports Show podcast. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Help support the show at patreon.com slash Show. For more episodes, articles, sports news, and all of our social media info, check out our website, TigerMikeSportsShow.com. We'll see you same Tiger time, same Tiger channel.